Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. So happy to join with you today. I am in Vermont and still finishing up my camping. Actually, I leave today and uh, tomorrow I go to Arizona. I'm going to be going to Patricia Cota Robles uh, World Congress on Illumination. I had uh, been hoping to go for the last few years. It didn't work out. Finally, yay, I'm going. And please, let's uh, let's have lunch. Let's have coffee talk. Uh, we'll connect. So let's in prayer right now. Ah, so grateful, so thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of divine love and wisdom. So grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the power and the presence of love living through us and We are grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented flow of divine love, active in our mind, active in our heart, active in our awareness, active, active, active. We are saying yes to the second coming of Christ in our mind, in our life. We are saying yes to the fullness of God's love. We are truly grateful and thankful to join together for this holy purpose. In gratitude, we share the benefit with everyone in gratitude we let it be and so it is amen 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 yeah baby <laughs> so grateful so very great yes well let's jump right in here so uh we recently did the the a couple of weeks ago, it turns out, uh, we did the 300th episode of this broadcast, which is amazing. And um, uh, I was thinking, oh, a spirit said, go to... And so I did. And uh, it's it's beautiful in the workbook, Lesson 300. But it also pointed me to the next section, which is called, what is... First, we're going to do Lesson 300 and then jump to what is the second coming. Lesson 300, only an instant does this world endure. This is a thought which can be used to say that death and sorrow are the certain lot of all who come here, for their joys are gone before they are possessed or even grasped. Yet, this is also the idea that lets no fall hold, nor represent more than a passing cloud. The chipmunk's coming over. And it is this serenity we seek, unclouded, obvious, and sure today. 
loving sons have lost our way a while, but we have listened to your voice and learned exactly what to do to be restored to heaven and our true identity. And we give thanks today. The world endures, but for an instant, we would go beyond that tiny instant into eternity. Yes. So our human experience, no matter how many lifetimes we have, is an instant in eternity. And just just feel that for a moment. That your life, this day, this week, is but an instant in eternity. Your entire ancestry your family, all of it, in instant, in eternity. How does it feel? For me, it feels like a huge relief. Huge relief. To think of this life as an instant in eternity. To be able to disconnect from the attachments of thinking, I need to do this and I need to do that. And oh my gosh, and what about that? And I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Yeah. One of the things that is so important to me, and it's part of what my Finding Freedom boot camp class and my year-long Masterful Living course is, is about, is getting rid of this bugaboo of, I don't have enough time. Because that was such a, a burden to me, not having enough time. I can remember when I was in my 20s, that I had this idea, certainly when I was in my teens and my early 20s, that I had this idea that I had to accomplish certain things by the time I was in my early 30s, or I was a loser. A loser! And I didn't want to be a loser. So I wanted to get things done, because I definitely was 100% convinced that accomplishment was the thing that mattered. And so, without it, I didn't have validation in this world. Without it, I was useless, right? And a lot of people feel that way, whether they recognize it and really contemplate it or not. Many, many people feel that. And I have counseled many a person over the years who has felt burdened about time and not having enough time. So, if we move into this mindset, I'm eternal. I am eternal, and this is but an instant in eternity. This whole life, everything about it is but an instant in eternity. I I find that it really helps to release the attachment to feeling that there's not enough time. And the way that I healed my mind about being worried about time and feeling bad about my accomplishments, because I also talk with a lot of people who are older, in me who feel that they're not accomplishing much anymore. They're retired and they're doing things and they're enjoying what they're doing, but they they are feeling a sense of lack that is self-esteem. 
So we all understand what it's like when our self-esteem comes from our accomplishments, right? Where most, who among us has not fed the ego in that way? We, we have. We've done it repeatedly. So the opportunity for us is to come out from among them and to give up that mindset rather than to validate it. So our sense of ourself just it can't be fulfilled by accomplishment and some people experience that by having a dramatic illness where for years they're not able to accomplish things in the world what they're doing is they're accomplishing things in their consciousness which lifts the world because we all share the same it lifts the world yeah This feeling how that is so. And uh, so one of the things I began to do whenever I would hear my myself repeat the thought, I don't have enough time. Oh, my gosh, I'm worried about time. I would pause and say, how can I not have enough time when I am eternal? It doesn't even make sense. And so focus on my eternality was a great help and a healing to my mind and uh, it takes real willingness to be able to pause in a moment when you feel stressed anxious or pressured and to say wait a minute what's all this pressure coming from it's coming from the belief that I don't have enough time if I'm eternal how could that even be so it's part of the delusion of the illusion, and I don't need it anymore. Done. Thank you very much. All right. So, it says, we this prayer in Lesson 300, We seek your holy world today, for we, your loving sons, have lost our way a while. But we have listened to your voice and learned exactly what to do to be restored to heaven and our true identity. And we give thanks today. The world endures, but for an instant. We would go beyond that tiny instant. Then uh, there's uh, section 9, and this again is in uh, lesson 300. Um, it's my page 449 in the workbook. So, uh, it says, what is the second coming? Christ's second coming, which is as sure as God, and of mistakes, and the return of sanity. It is a part of the condition that restores the never lost and reestablishes what is forever all right, so a little cryptic, so let's, uh, let's break her down. <laughs> break her, break her down. Uh, Christ's second coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. So uh, many of us have been raised to believe, I had many friends who were Christians when I was growing up, um, we had um, friends of different religious backgrounds. My grandparents were all 
different variations of Christian. And so I heard a little bit from my Christian loved ones. I think it was more when I got older and I learned about Judaism a little and um, some of what they teach about the second coming. So the second coming of the Christ for many who are Christian raised would be a return of Jesus. And the, uh, the Jews don't believe that Christ has yet come is my understanding of it. So Christ's second coming, which is as sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. So what A Course in Miracles tells us is that God, which A Course in Miracles calls the Father, I think of Mother, Father, God, Infinite Spirit, because if you're going to procreate, let's say, you, you really do need the, the masculine and the feminine. So Mother, Father, God gave birth to its only begotten son, which is the Christ child. And that's what humanity is. And eons ago, a tiny mad idea of separation crept into our mind. We began to compare and we began to despair. We began to contrast and say, I think they're better than me. I think I'm better than them. And we forgot to laugh. The t- better than and less than, which is what separation is born of. We forgot to laugh. We forgot to laugh. And now we're remembering. And so, Christ's second coming, which is as sure as God, in the return of sanity. So we're waking up to remember to laugh, to release all judgments, all complaints, all attack thoughts. I uh, was uh, corresponding with another Course of Miracles teacher who has um, some complaints about a Course of Miracles teacher, teacher, what seems like and it happens course teachers attacking other course teachers and um, but these judgments will ultimately all fall away so that we can return to sanity right so that's that's what the second coming is the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity so where we're the return of sanity can only happen one place and that's in our mind so we're opening ourselves to that perfection. And it folding. I see it all around me. I, I feel so grateful that I see the correction, the insight, the clarity uh, unfolding in my mind all the time. That things that used to bother me and upset me, frighten me and worry me were are, are falling away. I wrote in my blog last week about an experience I had last week, which was that I, uh, I'm here camping in Vermont at the uh, Sunray Peace Village, which is so wonderful, sacred ground. It's so wonderful to be here, such a healing place. And um, I was working late at night, and I have this... Um, 
a little kind of a tent that I put up that's a tent that I'm sleeping in, but I have this old hole that's screened in. I call it my porch. And I have a table and a, a chair, and I sit out there at my computer. I've got a, um extension cord run out there, and I can uh, be at the edge of the woods and be working on my computer. It makes me so happy to be able to be uh, outdoors, in nature, in the woods. And I'm so, so grateful for that, for that opportunity. So I was working and I heard this um, rustling not too far from where I was, and I uh, heard and I knew by the sound of it that it was a bear. And there are bears around here, and I could tell that uh, uh, the bear was just rustling in the trash looking for food, foraging for food. But I thought, I think I better go to bed now. So I went to the bathhouse and I got ready for bed and I uh, walked to my tent with my flashlight in my phone. <laughs> I'm just giving you the details so you can imagine how I'm organized here in my camping for weeks at a time. And... Um, so I got I got into bed, and uh, you may or may not know that one of the things I do every day is I write a blog. So I'm usually writing the blog uh, either in the morning or the evening for the next day. So that's what I had been doing, and then I record the prayer uh, sometime during the day, and uh, I seem to be in a habit of doing it late at night now. And uh, then I send it off to my wonderful assistant, Heidi, who posts the blog and does all that for me. And... Um, so, uh, I was actually recording the prayer when I heard right by my tent the certain sounds of a bear. I knew it was a bear because I could tell by the the heaviness of the footstep, the way the twigs around the tent were um, breaking, that it had to be a bear because... Uh, foxes and things like that you wouldn't really hear them very much or you know raccoons and things like that they they just make a totally different sound so i knew that that bear was right outside my tent and so i stopped recording the prayer i had a pause (laughs) and i was just listening how close is this bear and i i didn't feel worried or afraid but i did feel cautious I knew I didn't have any food that the bear would want in my tent. If you're camping where there are bears, you do not put food in your tent at all, Um, unless you would like a visitation in the night. Um, And uh, I actually, because I had a a little bit of uh, phone service, I I Googled uh, bear nocturnal behavior. And I pretty much confirmed what I felt, which is that they're really just foraging for food. And if you're not food, they're not interested. This is not grizzly bear country. This is, um, I guess, brown bear country. And they're, they're not exactly friendly. They just prefer to avoid humans, but they're not going to attack humans. And um, I know a number of people who've lived in this valley for 30 years, and there's no story ever of a bear. Um, attacking a person, but there are stories of bears getting in people's kitchens and things like that can happen. So, but, you know, 
what I recognized was that I was listening to my intuition. Is there anything for me to be doing about this bear? No. I went to bed and I fell right to sleep. I right to sleep. And uh, I felt safe. I didn't feel concerned, even though that bear was just a few feet away from me. And the only thing that was separating us was basically a piece of plastic that that bear could have just, you know, immediately torn asunder. Um, And this is the difference that the Holy Spirit in my mind makes. I, I can trust the Holy Spirit. I've learned to trust the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the things that I teach in, in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom is to prove God, to prove God through prayer work, through focused intention, through doing the spiritual practices that we do in these classes. And so I encourage you, 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 you can prove God in your life. By being so mindful of your thinking, eliminating the judgments, uh, being prayerful, and being open to being led and guided. And that is the second coming of the Christ, the return of sanity. Let's go back to this section here. I guess uh, Spirit just wanted me to have that bare experience so I could talk about it. I find that a lot of my life is like that. And... um I just, you know, things like this happen to me and then I just feel more safe and more safe and more safe all the time that it's not that I'm just guided and protected. It's that when we are focused on love and being loving, then there's a field of love around us and like attracts like. So I felt like I had a loving, respectful experience of the bear. It says here, the second coming is a part of the condition that restores the never lost and reestablishes what is forever and forever true. So our Christed nature has never been lost. The way I like to say it is we're already as holy as holy can be. And... Um, I love that the A Course of Miracles tells us that the, the, that many people have a spiritual practice that is for the purpose of awakening, but a, a lot of times they mix into it this idea that they're impure and need to be made pure. So one of the things I talk about in class is we are purifying our mind in the sense that it's it's we've made of our mind a trash heap, right? So I talk about taking out the trash, the uh, eliminate the process of elimination that leads to illumination. This is something that we're doing. So it's not that we are impure. No, this cannot be. The Christ cannot be made impure. So this is part of what we can accept, right, through the healing of our mind, is that we are not impure, nor could we be impure. Can we be made impure? It's not possible. 
I, I find that recognizing these eternal truths and affirming them on a daily basis helps me to keep my mind clear of the trash. And I've learned to recognize that whenever I feel bothered, I must be looking at some piece of trash in my mind and thinking that it's real, that it's valuable, and that it has some kind of power. But love is the only power there is. So love is not upsetting. I I have found that uh, one... one uh, teaching that the Holy Spirit gave me that's been tremendously helpful to me, and I've talked about it before a number of times. It's so simple, and it always lifts me up to think of it. So right now, I'm looking out at this beautiful summer day. I'm in the green mountains of Vermont, and the sun is is pouring forth uh, in between the clouds, and uh, I can see the clouds passing by in the, the blue sky. And the sun is there whether the clouds are moving in front of it or not. We all know that, right? So, but the thing is, is there's not one way, as clever as we are, as uh, amazing, pro- as, as much as the progress of science is extraordinary, right? We can modify the genes of a human being. We can send a craft to Mars, to take pictures. We can do all kinds of incredible things, but one thing we cannot do, because it is not possible to do it, we cannot affix anything to light to make it impure. So we could take water and we could put mixed mud in it, but we can't take sun light or any kind of light and mix into it something that's impure. And this, we are light. So there's not one thing that we can mix in to our light beingness that could make us impure. The only thing that can really affect us is our belief that we're impure. Other people's beliefs, they don't have to affect us unless we agree with them. We cannot be made impure. So this is the, the mistake that we're correcting is that we're impure, that we're bad. Because we forgot to laugh, we're bad? No. No. If you don't get a joke, right, do your friends think you're bad? If your friend doesn't get a joke, you tell the joke, they don't get it, they don't laugh, they don't think it's funny, they shrug their shoulders, whatever. Does that make anybody bad, wrong, stupid? No. When we we don't get something, we don't get it. We forget to laugh. We don't get it. Let's not turn it into a federal crime, as they used to say, right? So the second coming is a part of the condition that restores the never lost. nature is still there, it's still perfect. And the second coming reestablishes what is forever in our mind, 
that's the only place it can reestablish it because the only place that it became de-established was in our mind. Now, think on this. Feel this in your heart. How long does it take to reestablish an awareness of the Christed nature of our beings, of ourselves, of everyone, of our brothers and sisters? How long does that that process take us? There's no set amount of time. It's really up to us. And this is what A Course in Miracles is about. It's about saving. Instead, can be transformed into time invested rather than spent. Time invested in freedom, in joy, in beauty, in truth, in wisdom, in harmony, in clarity, in creativity. It's up to us where we put our attention and what we invest in. So let's invest in the second coming. (laughs) And... You know, a wonderful affirmation is, I am second coming of the Christ. I was there in the beginning of the Christ, and I am there now. I am the Christ. I am the Christ. Because the mighty I am presence that is our own higher Holy Spirit self is the Christ. Mother, Father, God had one child. The only begotten Son, which is humanity, which is the Christ. Yeah, so wonderful. (sighs) So it says here, the second coming is the invitation to God's word to take illusions place. The invitation to God's word to take illusions place. So let's energize that. God. Let your word take illusions place in my mind. Let my mind only think the thoughts I think with God, the thoughts that are true, that are eternal, that are powerful and healing. I'm willing to surrender these false thoughts in order to remember what's true. This is my joy. This is my gratitude. I can do this work. You can do this work. We can do it together. And indeed, we are doing it together because our minds are joined. This is such a blessing to us. It, it, for many people who've been raised in religion, it can seem, uh, like pure hubris to think, Oh, I can't say I'm the Christ. I can't say that. But, as uh, it's been said before, who are we not to? It's hubris to deny the truth and think that our opinions and judgments should rule the world. The only thing our judgments and opinions can do is rule our mind if they, if we let them, and then of course we suffer. Suffer. Done with that. Thank you very much. So, it is the all-inclusive nature of Christ's second coming that permits... Oh, sorry. I skipped ahead. It is the invitation to God's word to take illusions place. This is what the second coming is. God's word. In other words, truth to take illusions place. The second coming is the invitation 
to God's word to take illusion's place. The second coming is the willingness to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reserve. And there's our path. And that's what A Course in Miracles is the mind training system to help us do, to absolutely, permanently give away all our opinions and judgments, to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reserve. And that's that's the tricky part for many of us, is to get into the spiritual habit of having no exceptions whatsoever. No exceptions. No exceptions, no reserve. We're doing this. It's happening. We are grateful. Taking that breath. So grateful. Yeah. No exceptions. Paragraph 2. Again, page 449. What is the second coming? It is the all-inclusive nature of Christ's second coming that permits it to embrace the world and hold you safe within its gentle advent which encompasses all living things with you. It is the all-inclusive nature of Christ's second coming that permits it to embrace the world and hold you safe within its gentle advent, which encompasses all living things with you. So this is the thing that is so sweet, is that we don't have to make it happen. We allow it to happen. We're participating in it, and that it can be so gentle. You know, to the ego, when we begin doing this uh, forgiveness work and really being all in for non-judgment, which is what true forgiveness is, relinquishing all the judgments. When we begin this work, it's so confrontive to the ego to think, oh, I'm going to let go of my judgment against these people. What will protect me from their craziness? I need my judgments to protect me from their craziness. I need my judgments to keep me safe and separate. But if we're willing, that's all that that Jesus invites us to do is just simply to be willing to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. If we are willing, it, the whole crazy delusion of illusion, of separation, will be unwound for us in a gentle way. We each have the perfect curriculum. It's already designed. It's pre-installed and we can allow it to unfold. We can allow it to happen. We can allow it to be. Yes. Willingness is all that's required. It says there is no end to the release the second coming brings. So no matter how depraved and deprived we might feel, our willingness to allow ourselves to remember the Christ, will heal all wounds. Now, think about this. I'm going to ask you to really contemplate this. Let's take that breath and place our hand on our heart and consider the wounds that you have experienced that have yet to heal. The ones that you still are coming up on a regular basis, 
and you start to feel, oh, what's wrong with me? When is this ever going to stop? I used to think those thoughts all the time. Oh, my God. When is this ever going to stop? When am I ever going to recover? When am I ever going to feel safe? When am I ever going to feel good? When am I ever going to feel free? Is it possible for me? Over and over, day after day, month after month, year after year, thinking these kinds of thoughts of despair. Compare and despair. The promise is here that if we're willing to accept our Christ in nature, all of it will be healed. Back to the beginning to its first inception in our mind, we'll be free of it forever. Now consider the upsets, the woundings, the pain, the suffering that you have experienced over the course of your life that you're still experiencing maybe in some way, shape, or form. And the things that you have done, the lengths that you have gone to, to get some reparation, to get some help, to get some healing, to get some compensation. Just think of all that you've done, right? The money you've spent, the time you've invested. Think of all the hundreds of hours of conversation about your pain and suffering and trying to get some help with it from experts, from books, from medicines, from herbs, from treatments of all shapes, sizes, and kinds. Just think of all that you have invested in your precious life so far to try and bring a sense of wholeness to your mind, to your body, to your life, to your finances, to your relationships. What I've come to see is that this is the managing and coping uh, systems that the ego likes to sell us because we are not quite ready to prove God and to let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting of the permanent healing and the return of the Christ to our mind. And what is that about? It, you know, it's mostly about we cling to what we created or we made. We cling to the mess we made in our life because we made it. We cling to our opinions and judgments about how we got here because we are the ones who wrote those stories and we like them. You know, I'm a, a writer. Uh, I write a daily blog, as I mentioned. I I actually been thinking about teaching writing classes again, maybe next year. I used to do that. It was so much fun, creative writing classes or any kind of writing. So much fun. And, uh, yeah, might do the artist's way next year again. Anyway, uh, writer, and I, I went to film school. I have a graduate degree in a master's in screenwriting from USC Film School. And so um, what I know from my writer friends is that it's very easy to get attached to certain things we've written. And one of the things that helped me to be uh, a more prolific writer 
and it helps me still, is that uh, I trust that I'll be given more to write and more to write and more to write. And so there's no lack of it. There's no lack of inspiration. There's no lack of ideas and writing coming forth. So I can throw this away or that away. I don't need to be attached to it or to cling to it because more will come. I've learned to trust that the Holy Spirit, that if I um, uh, am given an idea, I'll be given the means to articulate it if that is what is helpful. One of my favorite stories about writing is uh, Charles Schultz. He was being interviewed back in the 90s on the Today Show in the morning by Katie Couric. And um, she, uh, you're very prolific. I heard that you write every day. And he said, yes, I do. I write every day. She said, you don't ever get writer's block? And he said, writer's block is for amateurs. Professionals don't get writer's block. They just write. And some days it's better than others. Some days you throw it away. Some days you keep it. But there's no block. You just keep writing. I love that because <laughs> I had so many conversations with writers, uh, you know, in, in, uh, around me who would talk about writer's block and, and that's the thing. It, it, what's causes the writer's block? Ego, ego creates a block. Of course, that's what it does. And can open ourselves to let that go. Yes. So great. And instead, let's put our faith in the Christ and its second coming, its return of sanity. It says here, there's no end to the release, the second, no end to it. And... There's no end to the release the second coming brings, as God's creation must be limitless. That's the truth of it. Forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everything as one, and thus is oneness recognized at last. The second coming ends the lessons that the Holy Spirit teaches making way for the last judgment in which learning ends in one last summary that will extend beyond itself. So, God's creation must be limitless. Forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everything as one, and thus is oneness recognized at um Back in uh, the beginning of this radio show broadcast, the first episode, Gary Renard was my guest, and the second episode, Ken Wapnick was my guest, and I asked Ken, uh, what, um, how, how do you explain the oneness to people? And he said, oh, Jennifer, n- nobody can understand it. I don't even try. But you see, it says right here, this and this is not to disagree with Ken, but through forgiveness, it lights the second coming's way in our mind. 
right? Our relinquishment of judgment lights the second coming's way in our mind because it shines on everything as one, right? So that's what forgiveness is. It's release of this, this interest in separation. And it lights the way in our mind. And thus is oneness recognized at last. So people ask all the time, how am I going to understand the oneness of all life? And what I recommend to them is this path of forgiveness. When we are practicing non-judgment, which is what true forgiveness is, when we're willing to relinquish the story that we made up, the insanity, the illusion of delusion, the delusion of illusion, either way it works, (laughs) then... Through that release of attachment to the illusion and the meaning we made of things, our interpretation, oneness is revealed. We can recognize it. So the path is lit. The path to our second coming is lit with forgiveness. I am, uh, I've been a social activist. I was raised by parents who were activists, and I, I believe it's important to exercise our First Amendment rights and to speak up against injustice. So know that spirit is the one who's going to lead us and guide us of what to say and what to do to bring forth the healing that we desire. So, this is our, this is our opportunity is through forgiveness. This is what we're doing and we are grateful and thankful that we have a tool that takes us back and allows us to experience the second coming. This is the, the wonderful opportunity that we have all day, every day. If we fail, we can just begin again. Yes. And then oneness is recognized and we find it in our mind where it always was. Right? We're not going to find it through reading a book, not even A Course of Miracles. It's through living A Course of Miracles, which is why the classes that I do, we're getting ready for a new Living A Course of Miracles series in September. Ta-da! Can't wait for that. Um, we're, I'm excited. We're, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you a lot about it now, but um, it, towards the end of August, you'll be able to. That'll be great. Uh, the second coming, it says here, ends the lessons that the Holy Spirit teaches, making way for the last judgment in which learning ends in one last summary that will extend beyond itself and reaches up to God. The second coming is the time in which all minds are given to the hands of Christ to be returned to spirit in the name of true creation and the will of God. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. For everyone who ever came to die or yet will come or who is present now is equally released from what he made 
In this equality is Christ restored as one identity in which the sons of God acknowledge that they are all one, and God the Father smiles upon his Son, is one creation, and is only joy. So the second coming is the one event in, in time which time itself cannot effect. And it says here, in this equality is Christ restored as one identity. So we're going to be equally released from what we made. So no matter what our seeming failings and shortcomings have been, no matter what we've done or not done, it's going to be released. Yes. Yes, yes. Just feel that. Yeah. So wonderful. Oh my. Yes, yes. So grateful and thankful. Mm-hmm. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. Pray that the second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. And most of all, it needs your willingness. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will in its holy light. Behold, the Son of God is one in us, and we can reach our Father's love through Him. So grateful. So grateful. Pray that the second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. So, let's add that to our prayers. Let's open ourselves to this prayer of the second coming happening in our mind, in our heart, setting us free. So grateful that we can make these choices and we can live in the wholeness, in the freedom, in the joy. So grateful. Yeah. One of the things that I would like to share with you is that we, uh, I like deep forgiveness work. And one of the best ways I know to do that is on retreat, where we come out from among them and we do the deep, deep healing work. And uh, I have been doing these retreats for quite some time, and I'm doing a Forgive and Be Free retreat in October in North Carolina, up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a beautiful facility there. It's called the Art of Living Retreat Center, and uh, it's just spectacular at that time of year. I was there last year. The leaves are turning. It's, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. And we do deep, deep work. And what is so wonderful is that people will be really releasing. They, they will be crying, some of them. And then so much laughter, so much lightness. And people tell me how, what a difference, what a turning point it makes in their life to do that deep 
we get together for three nights and four days and we really go for it and it's uh, it's intended to be quite healing it's not just about me talking and lecturing and answered questions because that isn't deeply healing it can be fun and interesting but it's not deeply healing so i like to help doing the deep inner work uh, which they can do and which is so transformative so that's the thing that i like to help with and uh, so that we weekend in October. The first weekend in October is the Weekend of Freedom Retreat, which is uh, like a Course in Miracles conference. It's, it's the same facility. And uh, and then right after, on the final day of the Forgive and Be Free Retreat, we go right into the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. It's going to be my last counselors this year. And by the way, if you are interested, of course, if you're interested in any of these, go to jenniferhadley.com. You'll find the details on the events page for all these events. Um, and uh, you can sign up for text messages about events and things. Inspirational text messages at jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com. Um But one of the things I'd like to share is that come to the forgiveness retreat and then do the intensive training right after that for spiritual Spiritual counseling training is open to anyone. Don't have to be a and nurses and um, family counselors, life coaches, uh, all kinds of people come. But um, many people come because they're considering a second career. Uh, so come. It's, if you're feeling called, if you feel intuitively called, it's a deeply, deeply healing experience. And uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's profoundly transformative. Now, one of the other things I would like to share with you is that if you are a therapist and you need to get CEUs, we can help you with that. Uh, also, my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class, you can do it for CEUs if uh, you're a therapist and you need continuing education units or in um, Europe. So we can help you with that if you're you're interested in doing some of this work for those kinds of to help you with that. Uh, one more thing I'll share uh, before we return to the second coming here a second um, is that I'd like to say thank you to all the wonderful people who donate to make this radio show possible. That we've been going, uh, we're just concluding our sixth year. And it's all because of your donations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, ah, yeah. It's just, it's amazing. And one of the things that we're able to do now is we are able to uh, transcribe all these radio shows. So we're well into that, and you can find them at livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio. You can find the transcripts there. If we don't have the one you would like, uh, we'll put it in the queue, and uh, we'll get to it as soon as we can. So, returning to the second coming here, pray that the second coming 
will be soon, but do not rest with that. So how do we pray for the second coming? Well, based on what we found here, it's let the second coming happen in my mind. Holy Spirit, I the second coming in my mind. I am willing to forgive everything. I am willing to forgive even the things I've forgotten that I took offense at. I am willing to forgive the meaning I made of things I can't even remember. Because sometimes we have uh, made the meaning of something. We've got an interpretation. We've got a judgment. It's very strong. It's very intense. We're holding on to it. And know it because we've forgotten where it came from. We've forgotten all those details, but the memory is there, the belief is there, the opinion is there, and many times they can be subtly or not so subtly running our life and our experience and causing great frustration and misery. It can be very intense. So we pray to the Holy Spirit to let it go. We pray to the Holy Spirit to be free. And it's about time for me to wrap it up here. And I'm going to speak a word of prayer on this for us now. So let's take that breath together, hand on our heart. We are grateful and we are thankful to open ourselves fully and completely to the love of God being revealed in our awareness. We are grateful and thankful to say yes to the second coming. We're saying yes to true forgiveness. We're saying yes to being a diligent, dedicated student of the Holy Spirit. We are grateful and thankful to let go of the past. And to set ourselves free. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.